Hi, everybody. My name is Dr. Michael Wald. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. Today's topic is going to be a fascinating one. Of course, I try to make all of the topics fascinating, but this one, well, it's special um, and a bit disgusting. The um, title today is Parasites, the Cause of All Disease. Now, I'll admit, parasites may not be the cause of all disease, But in my experience through research and and practicing for uh, nearly 29 years coming up, I can tell you that it simply is not possible for you, me, or anyone else on the planet Earth to avoid multiple exposures of parasitic organisms on a daily basis. Now, here's the good news. That was the bad news. (laughs) The good news is that at least we have what's known as immune resiliency that can help reduce our chances or our risk of becoming infected with a parasite or more than one parasite. And and by the way, the same is true for any uh, infection, whether it's viral or fungal or bacterial, just like parasitic bugs or worms, for example, or other types of parasites, all of that stuff comes down to how resilient our immune systems are against these bugs. So for those of you that have listened to my shows on Ask the Blood Detective, you know that I did a show called Everything Immune, where I described in detail our three major arms of the immune system. So when someone says to you, here's the best nutrient you should take for your immune system, you immediately should run really fast in the opposite direction. Uh, And the reason I say that is because that's simply a lie. There is no one supplement or product, nutritional supplement, that could possibly manage all parasites. So what we will do during the show today is I'm going to describe to you all kinds of parasitic organisms that you're exposed to right now, in fact, and what you can do to treat them nutritionally, what the nutritional literature has said. And um, I will, actually, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm not going to spend any time on the medications for these different conditions other than to say that they are a last resort. They are generally uh, liver toxic. They are um, resisted, uh, meaning that gastroenterologists tend to resist their use because they know that they are so hepatotoxic or liver toxic. So sometimes the the treatment might be worse than the parasitic infection or infection. But having said that, it'll be easy easy enough for you to look up the different uh, traditional medical treatments for parasites. So I'm not going to cover that. And um, what I won't do also is to fool you into thinking that you could take some parasite product, as I was just mentioning, that will get rid of all parasites. So here's the scenario that I see over and over again. So I will see a very educated person, usually someone that's listened to the station for, for a number of years, even decades, and they're on some, some comprehensive parasite product that has things like cranberry in it and garlic and black walnut hull, uh, papaya fruit. Um, let's see what else. Oh, yes, of course, uh, buttermilk, bark powder, cloves. Wormwood is a classic. 
uh, organ, a grape root, a blueberry leaf. These are just some of the things. Sometimes there's echinacea in them, there's golden seal. And people will take these based on the directions on the container. They may take much more. That is not going to kill your parasites. And I will say to you, for those of you that are saying, no, 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 I used that, it worked. I would say if you ever had a, a leaky gut test done or if you ever had a proper stool analysis done, you might find that those bugs, those parasites are doing just fine even though you've been taking all of these things in this comprehensive formula. Now, why wouldn't that work? I myself can tell you that all those different nutritional compounds, herbal compounds I just mentioned do have anti-parasitic activity. But that is at an extremely high concentration that in and of itself is very difficult to reach by taking it by mouth. So what is someone to do? What does someone do if they think they have parasites or they know for a fact that they have parasites? Well, I also make a product called Parasite Free, which has all of those different compounds in it. I put people on that as a basic multi-antiparasitic nutritional adjunctive support. But I tell them, we need to now address the reasons why and how you were exposed to parasites. That's somewhat important. And by the way, it's somewhat important because we can't even know all the reasons. I'll review very soon that there are innumerable amounts of ways in which all of us are exposed to these parasites. They may stay in your body for months, years, even decades, and they might not cause obvious parasitic symptoms like fatigue and diarrhea. Instead, they may cause cancer, they may cause headaches, neuropathy, mysterious illness affecting any tissue of the body because parasites, once they get in your bloodstream, they go anywhere they want very, very easily. So if some of you think you'll get rid of parasites by taking a strong probiotic, uh, that's actually laughable. So I'm being very, very uh, straightforward here with you today because I've just seen one too many patients uh, this month that have been wasting so much time trying to manage parasites. They're taking some of the right things at the wrong doses and, they, and in almost every case, and these are smart people, that have been looking into nutritional health for decades, some of them even longer than I've been doing it, about 29 years, and they're still getting things wrong. How is that? Okay, I'll give you an example. Let's say that you have parasites that are in foods that you eat, fruits, vegetables, meats, and you eat those parasites. If you're over 50, and you do not have normal stomach acid to digest that food and, and digest those parasites because they don't have much of a chance of tolerating normal stomach acid, then they get into your intestine by going from your stomach to your small intestine, boring through the intestinal tract, causing a leaky gut or just taking advantage of the leaky gut that most people have, I would say. And then they're in the blood and then they do whatever they like. They excrete all kinds of toxins. Here's my point. If you do not know you have low stomach acid, then you taking some supplement that says parasite-free that does not have stomach acid in it means you're wasting your time. You're, you're basically wasting your time. 
That's just one example of about eight or nine I'll be discussing during the context of this show. So why don't we first start with sources of parasites? How do we, how are we exposed to them? I should say that, you know, some parasites are large. You can see them with the naked eye. But most parasites, you must view under a microscope. So I always feel that it's important to consider this microscopic fact so that any analysis that you get by a trained health provider will be doing a microscopic analysis or sending your blood work out or your stool out or whatever tissue is diseased or affected by the parasites for microscopic analysis. You know, what I tend to think a lot about for some reason is my shoes or my sneakers. I never touch, if I can help it, anything that approaches the bottom of my sneakers or whatever I wear on my feet when I take them off or put them on. And I'm always washing my hands before and after that exposure because the amount of bacteria, viruses, and parasites on the bottom of your shoes that you drag in your house that are now on your floor or on your, in your carpet are uh, innumerable, innumerable. So that's pretty hard to avoid, right? For some reason, too, when I go to a movie and I'm in the men's room, and I'm standing as far away from that urinal as I can, guess what? You can't escape what's on that floor. And it's not just urine. That would be the least of the problems. There's fecal matter, which transmit parasites and all sorts of other problems. And what's amazing to me, although I don't blame people for being concerned about this, is that I'll see lots of people with Lyme disease and all their focus is on that. And uh, they're testing may show there's Lyme disease, it may not, but many of these people are treated with antibiotics anyway. In fact, some of them uh, go to these so-called Lyme literate doctors who will give them intravenous antibiotics for as long as they live. And what people are forgetting is how damaging those antibiotics are, not just for their immune systems, but for increasing the risk of transmitting parasites and other infectious agents from their meals, what they eat, into their leaky intestines. Not to mention, if you actually do have chronic Lyme disease, all you're doing is increasing uh, the mutation rate and the resiliency of that Lyme infection or that babesiosis infection or that ehrlichia infection or whatever other bugs are in you, making them more and more resilient. It is not enough to simply take some something that says, you know, lime away. It is insulting to the intelligence of the people that I see, but this is a common practice. Other people take lots of nutrients, but they haven't done any sort of individual analysis. Again, I see this on a daily basis to figure out their needs and they wonder why they're suffering for so long. In fact, I was just sitting with a gentleman who's a very smart man and he's got some chronic problems, but here's the point. He, he reminded me of something very important that I wanted to bring up on the show. He had suffered a heart attack at one point, and he had been eating what he would consider very cleanly. And on paper, I would have to agree with him. He was taking all the right supplements on paper, except he got a heart attack. So he was absolutely astounded that this could happen because of all that he did. And I said to him, I said, number one, you may have had a fatal heart attack if you did not do what you did, or 
maybe what you're doing and what you're taking are a waste of time because the supplements are of poor quality and or you took doses that were wrong for you. It took him a while to, for the light bulb to go on to have him realize that he may have just done it wrong. So that's certainly a possibility. The other thing is that in terms of his diet, I said to him, your diet is good, but your diet may not be the factor for you. In other words, there are people that eat horrifically bad and they don't get heart attacks. So, but, but suffice it to say that diet is fundamentally important for your immune resiliency against any disease, except managing your diet the best way that you know how may still not be enough. So as a blood detective, a self-proclaimed blood detective, and you know I want each of you to be your own blood detectives, it's important to figure out your needs exactly or as exactly as you can so you're not wasting months and years and worrying about will you get these diseases. Look, we're all going to die of something at some point, but we can reduce the risk of our morbidity and mortality. Um, it just involves getting some objective help because if you're just guessing or taking things based on things you've learned on, on the radio, even my radio show, it's, it's only a part of the problem. So we were talking about sources of parasites, shoes, fingernails. You can clean your fingernails all you want. Everyone is colonized with all kinds of bugs. I use powdered buffered vitamin C on my hands though and I get it under my nails to kill a lot of things that are there topically and through the course of the day. I also soak my hands in hydrogen peroxide, food grade 3%, in order to kill off a lot of bugs at different uh, times during the day. I certainly do that between patients. And quite honestly, I try not to shake hands. Water is also a source of parasites. Even if it's filtered, if the filter isn't specifically for parasites, and even if it is, it's only specific for certain types. So maybe you'll have less of a chance because it's never 100% guaranteed the filter is going to work. Uh, you're maybe less chance of, of getting that parasite, but what about others? But even municipal waters uh, can contain and do contain parasites. I mentioned before eating fruits, vegetables, meats, all of that. The thing is, again, are you starting to get that you cannot avoid parasites? They are ubiquitous. They are everywhere you turn. They're above you, they're below you, they're to the right of you, they're to the left of you, they are in you and they are on you. What can you do? You can increase your health resiliency against these stressors. Meats, by the way, even when you cook them or you cook anything, you, you may not kill the parasites. So some people I've spoken to think that that's true. Any contact with soil, soil has parasites in it. And you take that soil, you get some soil or parasites under your fingernails, you wash your hands, but not well enough. And you can look at your fingernails and say, well, they look pretty clean, but these are microscopic organisms. So we're going to get it. Even if, you know, I like to swim and I have a pool at home and I will try my best never to swallow a single ounce of water from that pool because we know that drinking pool water is a source of parasitic infections. Parasites can live on any surface area that you can think of. And I mentioned earlier, shaking hands, probably washing your hands is about the best thing that you can do to prevent the spread of any disease, infectious disease that is. And um, doing it often, drinking unpasteurized milk, 
I've seen people who are very health-minded, and I get it, and they want raw milk, unpasteurized milk, except it's extremely harmful for most people. If you have an obvious immune problem or immune disease, you never should do that. And your susceptibility to parasites is far higher than anyone else. Remember, folks, it's not the exposure to the parasite. It's the exposure, the resiliency of the parasite. How tough is it? But how strong is your immune resiliency against the parasite? But it's not only immunity. I mentioned earlier about stomach acid. So how strong is your overall health resiliency, I should say? If you have low stomach acid, low bile acid, low pancreatic enzymes, if you have a leaky gut, all of these things, you have um, uh, gastroesophageal reflux, you have any skin problem. These are just some of the more common specific ways in which you're more susceptible to parasites. And you would need to treat the causes of your exposure, not just to help reduce future exposure, but to repair the damage that's been done. And remember, the symptoms of parasitic infections could be anything. So you think you have a parasitic infection, you've got some diarrhea, you've got some loose stool, you've got fatigue, you go to your primary doctor, the doctor says, I think you might have a parasite. So if it's a pinworm, well, they give you basically what amounts to one pill, and don't let one pill fool you, for pinworms, let's say, and that is a pesticide pill, super toxic, doesn't work that well. And even when it does, you've been poisoned with, uh, with pesticide. It's one toxin that in and of itself won't kill you probably, but that on top of everything else we're exposed to, that's cumulative effects upon your body. So we want to avoid these toxic things if at all possible. What else? What else in terms of sources of parasites? Coughing. Anyone coughing around you within 15 feet of you, 20 feet of you, you can get a parasite that way. Just touching a toilet seat. Anything human to human, any contact whatsoever. Let's see. And I hope you never put anything in your mouth that anyone has touched. Go try to, to prevent that. I mean, I, I can't even uh, prevent that and, and I'm aware of it. And even when you do prevent certain exposures, you're, you're aware of some of these things that I'm talking about. When you really go back on your day, you'll see that the, you've been exposed to innumerable potential parasitic infections. And because parasites, so, you know, let me just uh, complete the thought. So I mentioned you go to your primary doctor, they give you a, a pesticide pill if they think it's pinworms, if they think it's something more than that, either they themselves are going to do a stool test or they're going to refer you to a gastroenterologist, which is going to do a stool test. So there are innumerable parasites. There are half a dozen or a dozen or so different parasitic tests. They're not very good. Uh, they are wrong most of the time. If they are negative, that doesn't mean you don't have parasitic organisms. They, it just means that they weren't in the specific portions of the samples that your doctors looked at. It could be in the samples you provided, but in other areas. So sometimes, at least in the nutrition area, we make certain assumptions because although the antiparasitic nutrition is significant, it's not particularly simple, at least not the way I do it. There are a lot of things to take to cover as many bases as possible. I feel that that's better than doing nothing. Now, I wanted to mention too, very important, a lot of the time your parasitic infection symptoms may be special needs conditions. It may be triggering a schizophrenic episode. It may be anxiety. It may be grumpiness. It may be sleep problems. It may be itchy skin. It may be chronic fatigue. It might be headaches. It could be anything other than your gut. 
It could be anything other than your gut. Even cancer is known, and neurologic disease, uh, hormonal disruption, all from parasitic bugs. But the problem is that most of your primary doctors who are intelligent, caring physicians, they don't know this. And even if they did, I'm not sure they could do anything about it. What about your gastroenterologist? They should certainly know everything food-related to help you. Well, for any of you that have visited gastroenterologists, with all due respect, uh, they have no training in nutrition beyond about 30 hours. Uh, And when it has to do with symptoms that go outside of the gut, they simply refer out. And then the person is finds themselves in a situation where they are floating around from one practitioner to another. The practitioners are not talking to one another. Things are not being put together. None of them believe, quote unquote, in nutrition. So you're left with a diagnosis of depression or anxiety, pretty much. And uh, then I see some of you years and years later wondering why you can't treat these things. You've done the right things. Just like that patient I said earlier for his heart disease, he ate the right way, he took the right supplements. Based on what? If you have weak adrenal glands from the stress of years of parasitic infections causing any problem at all, part of your treatment for getting rid of the parasites would have to be supporting your adrenal glands. But that's not something people typically hear when they want to know about the herbs that are anti-parasitic. Does this make sense? What I'm trying to get at it is here that a blood detective, as your own personal blood detective, you do not want to follow treatment cliches. You cannot, if you want to strengthen your body against parasites and to get rid of parasites, you're going to stress your adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are part of the stress system that helps effort happen. So if you're not taking things like cordyceps sinesis and uh, panax ginseng, that's at least 7% uh, ginsenicide activity. If you're not taking erythrococcus root extract along with ashwagandha, rhodiola, and licorice minimally to support your adrenal glands, then you're going to fatigue your body even more trying to get rid of these things. And I mentioned earlier that if you have low stomach acid, and by the way, if you have any symptoms that are parasitic gut-wise, you can assume you definitely do have hypochlorhydra or low stomach acid. You might also have no stomach acid. That's a condition called achlorhydra. If you're over 50 and you have these problems, you can make a very safe assumption that you have low stomach acid. Because I've mentioned many times before in the show, 60% of people over age 50 have no stomach acid. That is your first line of immune defense from biting your nails to putting your fingers in your mouth and things getting in your mouth and going through your esophagus into your stomach. If that acid isn't there, I don't care how many antiparasitic herbs you take, you must take stomach acid. I can't tell you exactly how much to take, but if you're an average weighted person and you've never had ulcers, and otherwise it's safe for you to consider taking a stomach acid, which is called betaine HCL, you probably want to take 400 milligrams of HCL every meal. But that's not all. If you have low stomach acid, parasites can get past your stomach. Your stomach itself can become leaky. The small intestine is not the only thing that becomes leaky. Even your large intestine, your colon, can become leaky, allowing for toxins and undigested food particles and parasitic organisms all to leak out. 
And these parasites, as, as I explained to some of my patients, they're basically like sharks. They swim around, they crap toxins, and they are dangerous. And they are very, very resilient, and they live an awfully long time. So you got to hit them from a number of ways. And if they're hiding out in your liver, or they're hiding out in your brain, or they're hiding out in your blood, or wherever else, you have to support the entire body in a general sense, a very strong general health effort, and then specific, specific health efforts that are geared towards weak systems, like your stomach, small intestine, like I've been talking about. Now, if you have low stomach acid, probably your pancreas might not be producing enough pancreatic enzymes. So if, you're, if those parasites get into your stomach, and then they get into your small intestine, but your pancreas isn't secreting enough digestive enzymes to digest those parasites in your small intestine, then that's another opportunity that they have. Remember, parasites are considered opportunistic, meaning you're exposed to them, but if the opportunity exists that your immune resiliency or your body's resiliency overall, low pancreatic enzymes, low stomach acid, low adrenal function, you getting it? All of those opportunities will allow the infection to take hold. And if your system is weak relative to what it should be, then those parasites, they pleomorphize, they change. Like the Power Rangers, they morph, right? They change into something stronger, very hard to kill. The more toxic your body is, the environment in your body will allow a more aggressive pleomorphism, more aggressive change in the, in the actual anatomical and physiologic structure of parasites. And they become very, very evil in that environment. You put them in an evil environment, they become evil. If you put them in a strong nutritional environment, you might actually cause them to go to sleep forever. You might also have your immunity strong enough for your stomach acid strong enough, your pancreatic enzyme strong enough to kill these parasitic bugs off. But also, let's say parasites get in your body, they get past your stomach, they get in your small intestine, your pancreas is not up to the job of secreting stomach acids and enzymes, I should say, in your small intestine. Well, your liver secretes and produces bile acid that should go into your gallbladder. And then from your gallbladder, there should be neurohormonal signals that trigger the release of the bile acids by contracting your gallbladder, squeezing it down a tube that goes into your small intestine because the, the ox bile extracts, which you can see on the market, they are a substitute for a, a person who has weak bile acids. And that creates an acidic environment which could be very adverse, very bad for those parasites. And I also like to use gentian root because gentian root helps your stomach make stomach acid. It doesn't always work. That's why, again, for people over age 50, I'm almost always giving them a combination formula based on everything I've just told you that has betaine HCL, pancreatin, which are pancreatic enzymes, pepsin, which is a stomach acid, along with glutamic acid, another stomach acid, and ox bile, and gentian root. So I have that in something called enzyme complex that you can look at on blooddetective.com. And then I will usually have a person take one of those capsules per meal for one day. And if they do not have any of the side effects that I consider side effects for taking too much of these 
components, those compounds. Then I have them take two capsules the next day, each meal, so six per day. Then the next day, nine per day. And the next day, 12 per day, up into a total of 15 per day. Or fewer if they get like reflux or they just feel they can't continue. I'm looking for the highest tolerable dose to protect against these extremely resilient organisms. So let me, let me summarize a couple of things. So parasites can be worms. And parasitic worms are small animals. They live inside your body. Their eggs are taken into your body by swallowing. And then these worms hatch out of the eggs and they live in your body. Yuck. And some types of the worm larvae, which are the young worms, that's the larvae, they can also burrow uh, into your skin. And when the worms get into your body, they simply will cause all kinds of illnesses. They can get into your stomach and gut. They can eat the food before the body's digested it. That means that the body doesn't get enough nourishment. So lots of times people will say to me, oh, Dr. Wald, I'm famished. I'm just eating so much I can't gain weight. Well, that's a classic sign of parasites, but it may be much milder than that. Either way, if you have parasites and they get into your stomach, they're eating your nutrition. So malnutrition, folks, must be corrected. If you've had parasites for a while, it could look like bone loss, osteoporosis. Where'd that come from? Out of left field. No, if your parasitic infection has caused or resulted from a low stomach acid situation or low enzymes... What happens is you don't digest, let's say, protein and calcium and minerals well, so you lose bones. So what do you do? You take some calcium, but you don't have the stomach acid to activate the calcium, so that calcium doesn't go in your bones, it goes in your breast tissue. It goes in your arteries, causing hardening of the arteries. It, it goes to your joints and muscles, giving you fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndromes. So much of what I hear today in terms of natural treatments are so superficial, they're so not specific. It usually has people trying things for years and years, wondering why, like my patient I mentioned earlier with the heart disease and why his perfect diet and his perfect supplements couldn't work is because they're far from perfect. You need to be a blood detective. And that doesn't mean just looking at blood. So sometimes blood testing, stool testing, microscopic testing uh, is useful, but other times you just can't find these bugs, but you just assume that they're there. So I'm going to review with you some of the things that you might want to think about nutritionally speaking beyond a balanced parasite-free product, meaning a parasitic product that has all those classic herbs you've heard about. They need to be pharmaceutical grade, but don't expect much from those. They're just part of the plan. Also, everyone in my opinion needs liver support because these parasites can, can attack the liver. Your liver enzymes might look fine on blood, but... I would think that a strong milk thistle supplement is key. The milk thistle supplement should be from milk thistle seed extract, a minimum of 300 milligrams twice per day. It's got to be spread out because if you spread it out, it's, it's better absorbed. And it needs to yield, based on uh, the quality control of the product, at least 240 milligrams of silymarin, which is one of the active components. So this is a good basic support for liver. But the real support for liver is taking, well, is getting rid of the parasites because that may seem obvious to you, but here's what I'm getting at. If you want to support your liver, you have to kill the parasite. How do you kill the parasite? Maybe you kill it by 
giving, affecting your, let's say improving the health of your gut, improving your stomach acid, your pancreatic enzyme, your bile acid secretion, and also the other environmental factors in your intestinal tract like probiotics. So those are the things you would need to take stress off your liver. But you would also probably need something called immunoglobulin G. Immunoglobulin G is part of the immune system. It's available in capsule or powdered form. I make it in the, in the form of something called immunoglobulin G. And my research says that a person needs to take probably 1,000 milligrams per day minimum. And this is, a, this is a supplement that contains the immunoglobulin, which is very good for reducing inflammation in the gut, repairing leaky gut. It's also uh, a prescription drug which is used for traveler's diarrhea. So we know that it helps. So that's part of the, of the protocol. And I like basing the dosing of all of my supplements on a questionnaire that I use called a health appraisal questionnaire. If you want to email me, folks, I'll be happy to send it to you. Take a look. I've got nothing to lose. I'll send you this questionnaire. You'll fill it out so you can self-assess yourself. It, it looks at every organ system in the body. And then based on your number scores, you might even want to prioritize your health issues that way nutritionally. So you might have scores, everyone, in the hormonal area, in the neurologic area, in the dermatological area, skin, things that you would never think could be from parasites. And then the nutrition you need would need to be specific for these areas, then based on do you absorb normally, and other factors like what are the parasites if those could be figured out. So again, the most sophisticated way that I have seen people manage themselves and healthcare providers, even natural healthcare providers manage themselves, it, it's, it's very sad and it's very inadequate is by just taking a bunch of supplements that say parasite on them or doing a Google search and finding out the top herbs that are antiparasitic. Like that has anything to do with your absorption, the dosing you need. For example, if you do not know your metabolic rate and how you burn things, how, how do you know dosing? You don't. You can't. You might guess at the dose, but it's a long shot. And when it comes to parasites, you need to be on target. You also need to make sure that your protein balance is adequate because parasites can cause protein deficiencies. Parasites can also in, uh, increase exponentially your protein need. And if you don't have proper protein, you can't fix a leaky gut. You could take all the probiotic lactobacillus you want, but it won't work. It just can't work for the reasons I'm letting you know. How much protein? You base it on your lean body mass. That's how you figure that out. At the very least, you work with someone that looks at your, let's say, a seven-day food log relative to your health problems to try to figure out what your protein intake should be. So let me just um, let everyone know who I am again. I am Dr. Michael Wald. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective, and we're talking about parasites, the cause of all disease. There's a lot of diseases that are known to be linked to parasites and some others which are highly suspected to be linked. You can reach me if you want to work with me personally uh, by calling 914-552-1442. That's 914-552-1442. Or you can email me your show topics. 
I was actually speaking with a person uh, last night who I was seeing, and he's and we started talking about parasites. I said, I need to do that show. I think I'll do that in a few weeks. He says, do it now. I said, okay. So I am doing it now because that's what you want, and I'm happy to do it. And I'm so glad that he mentioned this uh, well, we came up with this topic together because it really is neglected and it's undertreated in certainly undertreated in medicine, in my opinion. And I went to medical school. I'm telling you, we don't know what we're doing with half of this stuff, education-wise. We can only try. And then there is natural medicine uh, that's overly simplistic in many cases. Remember, you don't want to suppress the expression of these parasites. You want to get rid of them. You want to kill them. So. Some people will come to me and they'll say, Dr. Wald, I want to get rid of these cold sores. I know they're from a virus, a herpetic virus. And um, I heard that ozone or hydrogen peroxide IV will kill it. That is a lie. That's a lie. And here's how I can tell you it's a lie. You get a blood test for herpetic herpes virus 1, which is the oral. Herpes virus 2 is genital herpes. And then... You do your therapy, like I just mentioned, your intravenous ozone or hydrogen peroxide. Do the test again. You're going to find it in there. Why am I so certain? I've been doing this for 28 years. Why do some natural providers swear that that works? I don't know. Um, maybe they're delusional. And I mean that with, with a certain amount of seriousness. But if they're not thorough and they're not rechecking testing, how could they know? So you need to heal yourself, in my opinion, from the inside out. To just think that you're going to drip some stuff into your veins that's, I don't know, 500 milliliters, 500 cc's of a solution of ozone or hydrogen peroxide and think you're going to get uh, that that dilution in your total blood volume is going to make any difference is, is makes no sense, makes absolutely no sense. And I challenge anyone to um, show me proof that I'm wrong and I'll be happy to... Take a look at that. I also want to respectfully, respectfully ask any physicians listening to the show who might be anti-nutrition to give me to contact me because I know some of you are out there. <laughs> um, why don't I interview on my show and then you can um, let me know your thoughts on these things I'm speaking about naturally and present whatever evidence you have that might negate what I'm saying and we can have a little fun at that. But I want to warn you, you better be ready. Because uh, this is not a show where we, we speak lightly about things. Everything that I'm talking about is very strongly based in medical literature. So another thing, everyone, to help reduce the parasitic entrance into your body through your mouth from things you touch, what's known as the fecal-oral root, I would suggest that you have a daily wash or a wash you use two or three times a day that has pod de arco bark, along with black walnut hulls in a liquid form, echinacea, olive leaf, and a couple of other things like cat's claw. I've put these and several other herbs in a liquid herbal rinse I call natural mouthwash. Because we know that parasites, viruses, and bacteria do get through your mouth. And they get into your bloodstream. And they can damage your heart. And they can damage your intestine. They can go to your liver. They can go to your brain. They can cause anything and everything. Diabetes type 1 and 2 have been linked to bacterial and, and uh, infectious agent contamination from the oral cavity, as has heart disease, even regular arthritis, which we all thought was from wear and tear and living on earth that has gravity, can be caused from these bugs in the mouth. So you want to kill them off as much as you can. 
So I, de- I designed this mouthwash. The herbs in it have been studied to show effectiveness more or less against different infectious organisms, but my product itself, natural mouthwash, uh, natural mouthwash has not had any studies. So I want to just be very clear about that. So what else should we know about these bugs? Well, we should know that we need to have proper B vitamin balance in the body because our cells need metabolic energy to improve immune resiliency against these bugs to repair. So you want to choose a multivitamin. This is pretty basic to any parasite infection that has largely activated nutrients. So activated nutrients means that the nutrients are in the form that the liver would usually convert them into so they're very well used in the body. If you do not take activated nutrients, you're, you're leaving it up to your cells and your organelles in your cells and your liver to activate them. And if you already have chronic health issues, that's not happening. Do you need probiotics with parasitic infections? Absolutely. Of course you do. Are probiotics all the same? Absolutely not. <laughs> they are not the same. Some people say to me, but Dr. Wald, my, my probiotic is, has more bugs in it than yours. I said, yes, but I can show you a full disclosure label that says that mine are far more active and much more pharmaceutical grade and they're far more stable. So I don't suggest my products, and I do make products for everyone and everyone's everything, only for the things that I think I have done better and cheaper. And if not, I recommend other companies without any hesitation. So you want to have probiotics. You want to have lactobacillus and bifidobacteria. And you want to base that dose on the weight of the person and the situation of the person. And I also base it on that health appraisal questionnaire that I provide for people. So again, if you want that questionnaire, email me at info at blooddetective.com. If you want to work with me, give me a call at 914-552-1442. I'm located in Westchester in Katona, New York. I'm about an hour north of New York City by either car or Metro North train. So I also uh, provide consultations for people at a distance in other uh, localities, in other states, in other countries um, on a weekly basis, practically. And you also would want Saccharomyces boulardii. Saccharomyces boulardii is a probiotic mostly known for its anti-fungal effects because it's a healthy fungus. But it also is extremely well studied in medical circles for its use in inflammatory bowel disease and a potentially extremely deadly opportunistic infection called Clostridium difficile or C. diff infection. Hundreds of thousands of people a year die of this infection. And guess what? They know the cause. The cause is from overuse of antibiotics, even when they're properly prescribed In an individual, they develop this resistant organism. And you know what the cure can be most of the time for these people that have Clostridium difficile? And by the way, they are swimming in their stool because they have chronic diarrhea that is out of control, which of course increases the risk of everyone else getting it. Even with the protective measures in hospitals, I can tell you because I've done my medical rotations in hospitals and nursing homes, that uh, there is just no way we are avoiding spreading these bugs. There's just no way. 
So having said that, what does that mean? Remember what I said earlier in the show? It means we need to increase your immune resiliency. How do you do that? By identifying your weak body areas, by targeting your body with the general nutrition it needs and the specific nutrition it needs for how you've been affected with suspected parasites, and then basically fixing what you find. Not some cookie cutter, here's the the supplement with all the parasitic herbs in it. So the Saccharomyces boulardii should be taken at minimum as directed. I also make that, Saccharomyces boulardii, and I also make a very potent, stable probiotic known as superbugs. But the other thing that's super important for you to think about is under supervision of a trained health professional is using what I call a vitamin C flush, or really what it is is a vitamin C cleanse. One would take my buffered powdered vitamin C, which I call Detox Eliminate, D-T-O-X Eliminate, Detox Eliminate. And you want to be home for about five hours. So you take one level teaspoon of buffered vitamin C, not ascorbic acid, buffered C, in two to three ounces of water or juice. And you do that every 30 minutes until you get diarrhea. That will flush out a lot of organisms that happen to be in your intestinal tract. It also is very anti-inflammatory and will help reduce the leaky gut. And it helps make sure you have adequate vitamin C because most of you do not. So you're thinking, like every one of my patients says to me, Dr. Wald, I take vitamin C. I take 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 grams a day. How can I be low? Because the dose has nothing to do with your needs. You need what you need for your needs. So I'm a marathon runner. I'm a weight trainer. I need... 25,000 units a day to deal with that stress and to age very differently. So you need to do or you think about doing a vitamin C flush, then the amount of vitamin C that you need is not that the amount that it took for you to get diarrhea. That's too much. But two-thirds of that amount. Or I usually may do less depending on what else I'm doing with the patient. But I just wanted you to be aware that there, you want to debulk your intestinal tract with vitamin C, buffered C. My, my product is a very buffered form of vitamin C. Again, it's called Detox Eliminate. Yes, there are other forms of vitamin C. So I would suggest you do your homework to make sure that you know something more about them than what you heard on a radio show, uh, that you have a full disclosure label that it is of the highest quality because you do not want to be hurting yourself when you're trying to help yourself. So... The buffered vitamin C is number one. And also, I want to mention something very important. One of the best treatments, I think, for overall stress reduction and health such that you can potentially increase immune resiliency in this area of parasitic problems is hyperbaric therapy. Sitting in a chamber, being exposed to differing amounts of oxygen, even ambient air at 19 to 21% oxygen, which is called normal hyperbaric under pressure, even that pressure will increase the oxygenation, not just in your blood, but that helps set up a, a healthier system everywhere in your body. Now, I need you to think about something. Think of your body standing in or sitting in a chair in a hyperbaric chamber. It's quite comfortable. As the pressure goes up, you might have a little fullness in your ears. You just kind of blow your nose a little bit or chew a piece of gum, and that's going to 
even out the pressure in your ears. Then you're going to be fine. And you're going to relax in there for 20 minutes, a half an hour, maybe even an hour. And what is happening now is you're pushing oxygen deeper into tissues. Now, think of those parasites. Where are they? They can be anywhere. They can be in your gut. They could be in your blood. They could be in your brain. They can be in your thyroid. They can be at your feet, in your toes. They could be anywhere. So wouldn't you want to use a therapy that is everywhere? Your body needs to oxygenate everywhere. You must have oxygenation in your body without missing a single cell because if you do miss a cell, then that cell dies. Now, here's what I'm getting at. Parasites hate high oxygen environments. So do most infectious agents. So that gets everywhere and in my opinion, easily, easily surpasses the, to any potential effect one might think they might get from intravenous ozone or ozone sufflation or hydrogen peroxide IVs. Most people, even if those could be useful, you would have to expose yourself to them multiple times a day for weeks or maybe months and possibly even years. I am not claiming that, that normal oxygen therapy is a cure-all for uh, parasites, but I'm saying that in my opinion, it is an adjunctive, a very important adjunctive for general health and well-being. So you do your nutrition, you consider something like hyperbaric therapy for the very obvious reasons that I'm talking about. And then you've got something that is encompassing your entire body. Now, what else do you need to know as we close off today's show? First of all, I'll give you my contact information again. My number is 914-552-1442. My email for the questionnaire or to uh, inquire about becoming a patient is info at blooddetective.com. My website is intmedny.com. That's intmedny.com. And that is that. So we've been talking about parasites. So let me just give you an overview sort of closing statement. We all know that we need the nutrition that we need. And I've discussed a bunch of different areas of nutrition that may not be so obvious. Um, using stomach acid and pancreatic enzymes and bile acids and milk thistle and herbs to wash your mouth clean and using hydrogen peroxide or vitamin C powder to wash your hands and or wipe your hands and uh, the proper use of liver support in the form of milk thistle and needing activated multivitamins. And if you're going to do any kind of serious health building, you need proper adrenal support if it is appropriate for you. So Parasite infections, they're more common in rural or developing areas than, in, or I should say, or in developing areas than in the developed areas. So in the developed areas, travelers or, or people with weakened immune systems, they are the most susceptible. But how do you know you have a weakened immune system? If you ask your, your primary healthcare doctor or trusted healthcare provider, so what's a weakened immune system? Do I have one? Particularly if you ask a traditional doctor, if you don't have a disease of your immune system and you're just there talking to them about something, they say, your, your immune system's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You look fine. And we know from listening to the show that that is no 
Answer, that is just not true. Before a person has symptoms of a weakened immune system, what happens? What happens is they don't have symptoms of a weakened immune system until they have them. So that's why looking at the chemistry is important and looking at questionnaires are very enlightening. So we know that parasites can enter your body through the mouth or through skin. Doctors generally diagnose uh, parasitic infections by taking samples of either the blood, the stool, the urine, the phlegm, or whatever infected tissue that they feel is important and examining or sending those tissue samples out for laboratory analysis. If the tests do not show that you have parasites, it doesn't mean you do not have parasites. Doctors will usually treat you anyway if they have strong symptoms, which usually have to be diarrhea. But if you have everything else under the sun, I'm telling you, they just don't get it. Travelers to areas where food, drink, and water may be contaminated, they should be advised to cook that food, boil it, peel it, and forget it is, this, is, is what they say to do. And drugs are available to eliminate all kinds of infections. But we are getting into an area in the, the uh, evolution of human beings on this planet where we are becoming highly resistant to the point that infectious diseases are very quickly becoming the number one cause of all death on this planet. It's no longer heart disease and cancer. It's infectious agents. And heart disease and cancers, guys and gals, they can be caused by these infections. That's why I said that this show's title is Parasites, the cause of all disease, because they actually could be the cause of all disease. So a parasite, just in case you didn't know, is an organism, it's an animal that lives on or inside another organism. That's called the host. And it benefits, for example, by getting nutrition from the host at the host's expense. So you are the host and you are being hurt by these parasites. And I guess I'll end by saying that if you think that you've done everything you can to rid yourself of parasites, then I would suggest you take a look again. If you answer yes to the following, you need more help. One, you still have symptoms and problems. Even though you can't understand why you do, you do because you might be missing something. I think it's a long shot that you did everything perfectly and it's just a resistant bug. That's a possibility, but I, it's, I think it's a long shot. Also, you need to be extremely consistent with your nutritional and health-building efforts. So missing several days of your nutrients can be catastrophic in terms of just dropping the, le- the blood levels um, and the tissue levels. So you might miss your supplements for, let's say, one day. It might take you four or five days to make up for that. Most of my patients don't realize that that is a possibility in terms of what's known as the concentration gradient of these nutrients. And they don't just take, they don't just work in a single day. I mean, you could take certain herbs that are irritating to the gut and cause gut symptoms and, and diarrhea to flush things out in a day. But remember, that's not repairing the problem. By flushing your gut out of stuff, that is removing, a, debulking a lot of bugs, yes, but you actually could be increasing the inflammation in your intestinal tract if you do that the wrong way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with one other thing. Colon cleanses. Why not just do that? Well, 
we all know that these bugs may not live in the gut. So you can do all the colon cleanses you want and they will remove stool, but that's about it. The other thing is I, am, I personally believe that almost always colon cleanses are potentially dangerous, particularly in those that may have parasites in their intestinal tracts. One of the reasons is that when you fill your bowel up with water and a couple of herbs and some probiotics, uh, you are stretching that colon out and you are widening those leaky pores and more stuff can leak out. So yes, you're removing stool and you're also removing a good amount of what is known as the mucociliary blanket, the mucus protective immune layer of your colon. And once that's gone, it could take months to years and it may never come back. So these are things that you don't usually hear every day, but I hope on this blood detective show, you think differently. These are thinking concepts because we don't simply want to accept something that's natural because it's natural. We want to question it. We want to take a look at it. We want to evaluate it like anything else. So thank you all for joining me on this show, Parasites, the Cause of All Disease. I hope you enjoyed it. Every day I learn something new about parasites and I don't like what I learn. So we all can do at least one thing, target our efforts towards improving our immune resiliency. This has been Dr. Michael Wald. My number is 914-552-1442. Email me at info at blooddetective.com. Take a look at my website at intmedny.com. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I've done.